get this if anybody wants it afterward. Um, so on for that one specifically in week two. Okay, I know where to go now. Um, man, my computer is slow all of a sudden. So I've got the okay, not, not week two, week three. What am I doing? We knew what you meant. <laughs> That's <next week. laughs> away from my computer to catch up to my brain it's okay it's okay it's sunday. It's sunday. sounds like i'm laggy too <laughs> sounds like i'm laggy too <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe if i stop the screen sharing and then <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My computer just all of a sudden decided to be real, real slow. So anyway, it's under week three and <laughs> all okay. of the different, um, uh, chapters are, are under there. So there's okay. an introduction, eight chapters, and then an afterward and an appendix. But anyway, it's just really small. It's not uh, the biggest book in the world, but very good, insightful information. Yeah. Word of so, wisdom wise and how it relates to like so you haven't read it, mother. You don't know. I know, but you told me <laughs> that's good enough for me. That's for Marina. <laughs> Give me or the clip notes. <laughs> but oh, it changed my whole thinking on killing animals to eat. Yeah. Ugh. It's, it's not about the eating of the meat, it's the actual murder that right anyway i've always thought we'll all become vegetarians pretty quick here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i look at my food storage i'm like well i've always put that one off i was i mean they talk a lot about you know how all saints have to come to it in their own time and, and everything right where you accept parts of the word of wisdom but not other parts or you, you just like oh to brush that one under the rug kind of thing but anyway this was kind of like the the nail in the coffin of okay cameron it's coming <laughs> I was like, oh no dang it my meat but no i'm i'm glad to jump on it just think <laughs> of all the things you've uh freeze dried you'll have a little bit to wean off of okay okay <laughs> exactly especially yeah. because there's the the clause in there that it's a sometimes thing right where um you know we'll talk about it next week i guess but um yeah where it's there are certain circumstances where it is okay and provided mm -hmm. for the use of man but um anyway let's get started because we got a lot of ground to cover there's a, <laughs> this is the heavy homework week i tell you um let's see let me go ahead and, and i'll say the prayer to get us started and we'll dive in our dear heavenly father we're so grateful for all of our many blessings this wonderful sabbath evening we're grateful for the opportunity that each of us have to come and, and unite together as friends and and associates tonight to study the school of the prophets and the revelations and context and we pray for thy spirit to be with us to help enlighten our minds and and quicken our understandings so that we may um, gain the the knowledge necessary to progress in our own personal efforts and gifts and responsibilities in these latter days Father, we're grateful for thy confidence and trust in us to, um, 
to be born at this time to come to earth and uh, work in thy vineyard at this last hour. We're so grateful, Father, for the technology that allows us to meet to um, to study at an accelerated pace and for everything that we have at our fingertips. We pray that um, thy kingdom may come and that we may do thy work in thy way as we proceed in in our end time missions. We're so grateful, Father, for our Savior Jesus Christ, grateful for his leadership and counsel and for his personal connection that we can um, go and uh, receive power in the temples and um, perform the ordinances necessary in order to connect with thee and, and with thy son. We're so grateful, Father, for all of our many blessings, and we uh, pray for these things at this time in the name of thy holy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I already pushed record. Okay. Um, I almost <laughs> stopped the recording, and that would have been awful. Um, all right. So apparently, since my computer's freaking out and not doing everything that I want it to do. Um, I'll just have to talk you through it and you can go watch uh, group A as I go through the learning Zion site. Um, so again, there's been a lot of things that have um, been sent to me or I found or different things. So um, keep checking back even on previous weeks, uh, a lot more articles and things are, are put in there. But one namely that is very intriguing. So let me actually just copy and paste since I'm not gonna show it to you. Um, there is Avraham's uh, podcast, right, that he does along with kind of the Come Follow Me weeks, and um, his for this week on the Sons of the Prophets was revolutionary for me this morning. Um, let me pull up both of these links so that you can have those, but they're in uh, week one there as well. You can go and find them later. But, okay, so the first link that I put there is to the Bible Project, and you guys know that I love watching the Bible Project all the time. Anytime I want to get an overview of something, so <laughs> I recommend going and watching the Bible Project overview of Kings, the book of Kings, First and Second Kings, and the scope of what the author is conveying as it relates to the sons of the prophets and uh, school of the prophets, then go and listen and, you know, even download the transcript of Avraham's podcast there. It's just a really short uh, one, but anyway, it's enlightening to say the least as to the purpose of this pattern, sons of the prophets, school of the prophets, and what the Davidic servant, the end time servant will do with those keys um anyway i came across all of that this morning and like my, my mind has just been swimming all day of like oh my goodness there's so much here it, it, it's an amazing pattern and um Avraham really sheds a lot of light on things that were there that i knew were there but anyway just it all connected finally for me hopefully it, it connects for you as well if you have questions come and talk to me but um I don't know. I think that there is no coincidence in the timing of, of God's workings, right? And how we are, how we postponed lectures on faith for a little bit uh, to extend our book of Nelson and how exactly what we're studying in Come Follow Me is lining up with this right now to just blow my mind. Anyway, 
it, it's such a testimony that the Lord's in the small details, even in our own personal studies, our own group, that uh, everything is is non-coincidental and he's in charge and, and training us for, for great and marvelous things. So, so Cameron, if I were to write on the website, hey guys, <laughs> study the things that Jesus said, can we talk about them on Wednesday? Wait, what? Okay, so <laughs> read the things that Jesus said. No, you just said. You just told us to do. Oh, gotcha. And then, and then we talk about it on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, we can. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually go to the website. I keep pushing it, but you know, whatever. But I did, but I didn't. And adding things <laughs> so far. Well, what if we did it in our little? Um, can you tell I'm motivated? Um, in our, um, our little messenger group. I don't know how many people from the Wednesday group are in involved in that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that we have necessarily a, I mean, because we have our four ordinations. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Uh-huh, yeah. And then there's a ham radio one, but there's oh. not like. Okay, so those don't overlap enough. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun thought, but never but, mind. But yeah, I get that it's summer and that it's a hard time to <laughs> communicate and get everything out and stuff. But anyway, this week is is a, a huge one with, um, I mean, it's a heavy homework load, but there's so much in here that is, I mean, studying it all together, it really helps kind of illuminate the, the entire thing. So anyway, just kind of opening it up to everyone. Like, where do you want to take this chat, this hour that we have together? Because we have a lot to discuss and there's just no way to cover it all. So do we want to focus in on, on section 88? Uh, do we want to focus in on the ordinance of washing of the feet um, and uh, pulling that out of the Gospel of John? Do we want to um, kind of dissect the, the School of the Prophets and review anything from last week? Um, anyway, just what questions, what comments, what things are interesting to you guys? <laughs> if not, I was thinking section 88 would be a great thing to, to do since we didn't really do that in, in group A at all. Tracy was trying to say something, but you're, you're muted. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, I said, let's do section 88. And then it's like, you answered me, Cameron. Yes, I was muted because I was loading on that YouTube. And usually when I load those, they go off. Yep. So with section 88 comes a lot of fun connections that I had never previously got. Like, I've read this how many times <laughs> throughout my life, but um, I've loved it as the olive leaf, the I mean, it's a great section, but I never really got it until School of the Prophets and all of the connections here. So just as kind of like a brief overview of what Section 88 is. At the beginning, oh, like remember from last week how the section was even received. So these 10 high priests are on their knees and vocally praying aloud one at a time and receiving the revelation as a group which is very interesting. And here in the first few verses of 88, um, 
they're all receiving the Holy Spirit of promise, the other comforter, um, uh, getting their, their name written in the book of life and uh, church of the firstborn motif. I mean, there's a lot of heavy language here in the first few verses, but they're receiving it collectively, which I think is a very interesting principle. And as such, they are now prepared to be taught the patterns of creation. And so he, he talks about the light of Christ and the laws by which the, the earth was made and um, just kind of goes through kind of a, a creation narrative or motif. And then um, I really love where he, just a second, where did it go? Why can I not find it all of a sudden? Maybe I'm not supposed to, but um, anyway, he, uh, paraphrasing says, okay, but now how do I actually get you to understand what I'm talking about? And he's like, let me give you a parable. And um, he gives the parable of um, a kind of a Lord of the Vineyard type thing, but it's very different from any of our other Lord of the Vineyard parables. And then, and, and I think we'll kind of spend some time actually hashing that, that parable out. But after the parable, then he gives them four commandments as these uh, high priests are receiving this and uh, commandments for the school of the prophets. And then after they've received the creation, the parable and the commandments, then he goes into the apocalyptic vision. So with that, now you're prepared to see how the world ends. Like you've seen the beginning, now here's the end. It's kind of that cosmic vision, um, panoramic vision, whatever you want to call it. And then after that, then he kind of reiterates and brings it all back home and uh, talks about the, the seven trumps, the messengers that are uh, coming. And then, then he focuses and goes, now with all of that, if you want to be laborers in the vineyard, in the field, I need you to establish a school of the prophets, receive the power, and actually go forth and do. And uh, then it, it culminates in the, the ordinance of the washing of the feet, how the section ends there. So I find it just so interesting looking at that pattern because, um, I don't know, I, it, it kind of seems like a jumbled mess. Like, oh, here's this and this and this and this, and you're just kind of baking this weird cake. But when you look at it in the School of the Prophets, how it was received and what's happening, it just makes so much sense in an endowment type of setting that they're receiving here and <clears throat> looking back into old testament same patterns that, that are happening there but um anyway let's let's go look at the the parable so let me <laughs> i couldn't find it just a second ago let's see if i can do it again i think it is around 60 okay. 61 it says therefore unto this parable Maybe that's too far, though. Oh, wait, that's too far. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, first 46. So yeah. after talking about the earth and the portal that it was birthed under and all this kind of stuff and the orbits of all those things, then in 46, and he's like, okay, so unto what shall I liken these kingdoms that ye may understand? He's like, okay, I'm talking to humans. Like, let me let me pull it down into a parable structure for you. And he says, behold, all these kingdoms and any man who hath seen any 
or the least of these hath seen God moving in his majesty and power. I say unto you, he hath seen him. Nevertheless, he who came unto his own was not comprehended. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when ye shall comprehend even God be quickened in him and by him. Um, Yeah, there's just a couple more verses there. Um, then shall you know that ye have seen me, that I am, that I am the true light that is in you, and that you are in me, otherwise you could not abound. And then here's kind of where the parable fully starts. Behold, I will liken these kingdoms unto a man having a field, and he sent forth his servants into the field to dig the field. And he said unto the first, Go ye and labor in the field, and in the first hour I will come unto you. And ye shall behold the joy of my countenance. And he said unto the second, Go ye into the field. In the second hour I will visit you with the joy of my countenance. And also unto the third, saying, I will visit you. And unto the fourth, and so on, unto the twelfth. And the Lord of the field went unto the first in the first hour, and tarried with him all that hour. And he was made glad with the light of the countenance of his Lord. And then he withdrew from the first that he might go and that he might visit the second also and the third and the fourth and so on unto the twelfth. And thus they all received the light of the countenance of their Lord, every man in his hour and in his time and in his season. Beginning at the first and so on to the last and from the last unto the first and from the first unto the last. Every man in his own order until his hour was finished, even according as his Lord had commanded him, that his Lord might be glorified in him, and he in his Lord, that they all might be glorified. Therefore, unto this parable I will liken all these kingdoms and the inhabitants thereof. Every kingdom in its hour, and in its time, and in its season, even according unto the decree which God hath made. And... um. Yeah, just a couple more verses. Bear with me. (laughs) And again, verily, I say unto you, my friends, I leave these sayings with you to ponder in your hearts with this command. This is the first of the four commands that I give unto you, that ye shall call upon me while I am near. Draw unto me, and I will draw near unto you. Seek me diligently, and ye shall find me. Ask, and ye shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And then it goes into the, the rest of the commandments for, for a longer uh, part there. But, like, what's different about this parable than other Lord of the Vineyard parables? And what do you think we can learn from this one that's, that's different or, or separate from there? Because this one's pretty simple. Um, it, it's not the most complex one, but um, I don't know. It was, it was just hitting me in a very different light as I was uh, reading it in this context this time. Well, I always um, I'm trying to keep up with you, Cameron, <laughs> and I cannot. <laughs> so things come to us just in our own times when it fits our story for our end time mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay that we're all not where other people are. Yeah, yeah I think that's a huge message of this. <clears throat> 
I think it's interesting that he doesn't just visit all of them all at the same time. Like they must be in different parts, different places, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like you were saying, you know, we're we're all in our own thing. It's a one-on-one mm-hmm. with them. It's he's there not as the Lord of the Vineyard in. It's it's for it's for our blessing to see and the joy of his countenance in (laughs) him him seeing us seeing his joy in us as we are um, as we're going forth and doing um, I don't recall any other parable like that at, at all yeah yeah, this one's very unique in that way. Because like other Lord of the Vineyard parables, it's about the the restoration, right? And grafting and trees and dunging and burning and, and things. But this one, like you said, very one-on-one. This is about coming into his presence. Mm-hmm. And um, that, it, that it's that one-on-one thing, but that there's 12. I, I think that's interesting, the 12 hours. And... Um, but but also it's more than just hours because it it reiterates it twice every man in his hour and in his time and in his season and um earlier and later when he's talking about the kingdoms and the the orbits and timing of of all the heavens uh he's talking about the hours the times and the seasons And so I find that very interesting how that plays out with the actual servants in the vineyard here. And where is it where it's talking about the first shall be last? It's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. No, it's not just the first shall be last and the last shall be first. This one's like, and then. (laughs) No one is being left out or shortchanged. I think we'll all get what we need of him and from him and with him yeah i'm not sure which where which scripture is that 59 i don't know uh-huh yeah the last should be first first it'll like <clears throat> back and forth there and it links to matthew 20 and that's the parable of the vineyard oh interesting uh-huh Matthew 20, 1 through 16. I'm going to pray about that one and see if that's a, a true, like. But no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that was just, that, if that was an inspired one. <clears throat> that's been an interesting one. Ever since Avraham kind of mentioned that or whatever, you know, like, take a look. You know, that was just some, some scholars putting together some footnotes and stuff. But, um. You know, I think it's there's a, a worthwhile endeavor of comparing all of the parables together that are alike and, and noticing how this one's so different from them. Every man, 60, every man in his own order until his hour was finished. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because order is is typically referred to as a group of people all practicing the same thing, right? Like the order of the priesthood or, you know, the order kind of thing. But this one 
it, it it's almost as if this order is referring to actual numerical sequence each man in his own order um where there's one that's assigned to the first hour the second hour third hour and so forth <clears throat> but um anyway how it comes back in in verse 62 and here's a commandment that i give unto you after you've received these things that you call upon me what what does it mean like the old british way of calling upon somebody right you call upon me while I am near, because back up in that footnotes Isaiah fifty five six, which and is... James one five and six. I'm just writing those. If any of you lack wisdom. Oh, uh huh. And. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near for Isaiah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and there's one more. Doctrine and Covenants 46.7. I don't know if you could do the same way, but I am like, you know, spending time with Christ. Oh, dang it. I should have asked him this and this and this and this. And I feel mm -hmm. like... um we will have all the time with him that we uh -huh. need because I feel like that's what he's promising. Like, it's okay. I know how your brain works. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I always go, P.S. <laughs> I forgot this. But it is such a promise. This is so, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I never yeah. would have caught on to this before had we not been doing class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And so <laughs> calling upon him while he's near, I think is a, an interesting specific thing. So when does he come near and, and how can we actually do the calling upon? Um, verse 63, draw near unto me. So call on me while I am near, but along with that, actually draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. There's, there's a, a law of attraction there. Right. And um, almost as if like magnetic force, because he talks a lot about magnetic fields and, and things up in, in the forties uh, along with the orbits of the planets, but um, that it takes effort to seek, ask and knock. And that's how we draw near unto him and then actually call upon him. We have to know a name in order to call upon somebody you have to know their name or number or something right like when we're calling somebody um uh, you have to know where they live or or how to communicate with them but to to actually call upon them <clears throat> so that takes us to a whole bunch of footnotes there mm -hmm. um the topical guide is god access to or see also prayer um, and then there's just a million scriptures, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is tying into President Nelson asking us to um, study all of his names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, right. Yeah, because like, look at what President Nelson said through that. You know, well, <laughs> when Wendy's asking him, so, so you did this study. So what? And he's like, I am a changed man. Like this changed me because I was able to call upon him in different ways. And um, based on what you need. 
is do you think that's what i'm assuming like, like i need an advocate and you call upon the advocate you mm-hmm. upon a redeemer like knowing who he is in all of his titles and functions you realize that it's all encompassing it covers everything that you need at any given time and and not so much just what the name or the title is but how what divine law it's predicated upon to actually use that name and to call upon it because there's different laws anyway i just love that that parable there i think that it's um intriguing to to study on different levels keep going back to it and, and looking at it but um Anyway, after that, that first commandment, it comes down to um, the three other commandments. So the first one is there in verse 62, sorry, 62. The second one is in 74. Uh, The next one is in 76. And the next one is in 77. So the first one is to like ask, seek, and knock, and call upon him. The second one, a commandment that you assemble yourselves together, organize yourselves, prepare yourselves, sanctify yourselves, and purify your hearts, and cleanse your hands and feet before me, that I may make you clean. Again, going back to that ordinance of the washing of the feet that he's going to introduce here in a few chapters. I mean, a few verses. So do you think his washing is sanctification? Yeah, that, that's an interesting oh. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I... I because um, our washing would be the repenting, would it? Wouldn't it? And then his would be the sanctifying. Yeah. So like ours is like justification under the law, repentance, and then mm-hmm. his the second kind of washing is the actual sanctification, taking that up and, and purifying it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I remember reading one of those uh, spirit of fire. Or- I can't remember the titles of them. Uh-huh. When he was receiving his second comforter, how that is when you get your washing of the feet. It takes you right through the process. And that's why I got so into it. I actually finally got copies of them. and Because mm-hmm. your, your uh, audios kind of were you do a whole bunch and then you you know we're busy yeah yeah i I went through those and they were pretty eye-opening i was like oh my goodness and then i had to stop reading it towards the end when they were in zion i don't know why but i just had to stop i just couldn't do it Mm -hmm. it was pretty heavy there (laughs) yeah it's a big book i need to like dive back into that but yeah I, I'm excited to to read all those. They're good. And they have a lot embedded in them. It's, mm. it's really good. Yeah, with this Journey to the Veil, uh, part two, where mm-hmm. she includes his, basically his journal entry of his experience with that in like real life, not just the, the novel version of it, uh, was very interesting. <clears throat> um 
let's see. And then the third commandment that's in 76, um, that you shall continue in prayer and fasting from this time forth, which is interesting because I was like, had they not been, or is this just, you know, here's the, the four things. So I need to delineate all of them, but that's the, the third commandment. And then the fourth one, I give into you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. And then 78 kind of expounds upon that. Teach ye diligently, and my grace shall attend you, that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, principle, and doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things pertaining unto the kingdom of God, that it be expedient for you to understand. So it's kind of going back to that washing of the feet principle where we wash ourselves and then he washes us. So we are going to teach each other diligently as much as we can. And then he'll come and teach us the rest or correct anything and, and help us um, get all that's expedient. Um, but then it kind of comes down to uh, verse 79, where these are the things that you're supposed to be studying in the school of the prophets and uh, teaching each other of things both in heaven and in the earth and under the earth, things which have been, things which are things which must shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and perplexities of the nation and the judgments which are on the land, and the knowledge also of countries and kingdoms, that ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto uh, where I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Which I think that is very interesting to talk to these 10 high priests and basically tell them, I'm going to send you out as the hunters, the 144,000, these seraphim, these translated beings. And I mean, yes, I'm God. I can give you all of the knowledge and everything, right? I can give you some Urim and Thummims and stuff. But I need you to study all of these things so that when you go to a kingdom and are ministering to an individual or a group of people, that you already know the complexities of that nation and that kingdom and the judgments that are upon that land and the things that must surely come to pass, like study all of those things. And then I'll give you the rest of the information that you don't have. I, I mean, I had no idea this was all in section 88 and like with a proper framework is all like kind of coming full circle and blowing my mind. But, um, going back to kind of the structure of those four commandments, the first one is to take the, the parable that I just gave you and then call on me while I am near, like spend time with me, receive that light, the countenance that he gives the labors in the kingdom. Right. And then the second commandment assemble, find other ones that have the same thing, like go and, gather the other laborers and talk about your experiences like uh, assemble yourselves organize prepare sanctify purify cleanse like that's zion pretty much right like build zion once you've obtained this now go and and find others and assemble yourselves plan then you know what that reminds me of cameron is in the book of mormon when the initial 2500 seek christ and then he sends them home yeah. go gather everybody and prepare and come back so mm -hmm. it's a it's a true principle for sure i love that love something that came to me this week was um i'm not fasting enough just my monthly fasting and sometimes i'll fast before i go to the temple 
the the workers always like be careful because everybody passes out all the time and I'm like because I do I get feeling lightheaded here and there but um like I don't know how far to go with all of this like you know what I mean like it's an interesting thing that the Lord has to teach you himself because it's an interesting process how I think we have to do it way more than we're doing it Mm -hmm. it's a season for you because you're off in summers you know and you can do it maybe more than you could do I don't know not saying only once a month the rest of the year but yeah I don't know Interesting. But yeah, interesting along that John Pontius principle, right? You know, that he lines out in some of his things. Like when it's given to you by the spirit to fast, it all works out. Even though, you know, you still have to go through the process of subduing your body. But when you just fast, when it's not sanctioned by the spirit, I mean, it can wreck you <laughs> kind of a thing. And it's like, no, that I was so hungry and my body was depleted and I was lethargic and all this kind of stuff. And that's like one of my main things. I'm like, I'm outside working in the hot sun. Like there's no way that I can just go without water and, and food kind of a thing. But, um, and, and I haven't had it this summer yet, but last summer I had it a couple of times where the spirit said to fast. And even though I was in very strenuous circumstances, it was totally fine. Like it, it's interesting how the fasts need to come from the spirit and uh, be directed at such because there are certain times or things and um, it's, it's just kind of a training ground of will you listen to me when it's inconvenient and, um, and do things that seem somewhat contrary. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, sometimes I've already, this is not good, but sometimes I've already made up my mind like oh, that's not going to work, or this, you know, I talk myself out of opportunities to, let's say, fast, because I think in my own head that it, it's, it's, it, the circumstances aren't going to be favorable for success, and so. Yeah, I um, do you what? I, I do that all the time. Okay. I plan my fasts around convenience, and I'm like, no, it has to be the opposite. Like, it has to be spirit-led, and it's almost always going to be when it's inconvenient, or else it's not going to work right. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. I was going to fast at 2.30 because I get home from church at 2.30. Boom, I'm going to eat, and I'll be ready for class. And and I was kind of like, no, I need to wait. And I'm like, but I have to go mow the lawn and blah, 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 and all these things outside sweating and and so I postponed my fast till four. And then I was outside doing all this sweating. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be a mess because you just fasted the other day. But I wasn't. I was completely fine. I, I sweated like a pig. <laughs> and I wasn't thirsty when I came in. And I was fine. So we need to give up our own idea. I need to give my my own idea. Of, I guess that's what I'm learning tonight too. Because I think I talked myself out of so many opportunities in way of fasting and otherwise that the Lord can't get an, a word in edgewise because I've already decided no, it won't work. 
This is that how... kind of reminds me of um, um, in John Pontius's book, he talks about being able to tell the difference between the spirit um, and your own thoughts and the adversary. And he said, when you have those thoughts that contradict right after you have a good thought come to you, that's always the adversary. So when you've got those struggles that come when you have a good thought come and then you talk yourself out of it, that's, um, unless I'm remembering wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, but <clears throat> that's what I remember. I thought, oh my, oh, following the light in Christ into his presence, it's in that book that he talks about it and how that's, that's how you can tell whether it's the voice of the spirit, your own voice, or the voice of the adversary. And that one is um, usually the voice of the adversary. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. I love that. Because I'm, <laughs> I think that that was one of the greatest wake up moments to me is when he described it as the ranting that happens when all like it's just a quiet little thing of like do this and then all of a sudden it's like ranting wailing gnashing of teeth whatever happens of like i can't do that <laughs> then it's like oh my gosh cast it out get rid of that because it's not good like go with the original thing and the original thing is almost always going to be inconvenient because that's what the whole purpose of listening to the spirit is all about is choosing God's will and, and timing in things. And, and some, I mean, that's the reason for the call out. That's the reason for wilderness journeys. That's the reason for all of our um, little promptings and, and, and everything is to, to learn to rely wholly upon his, um, timing and, and promptings and mercy and, and all of that I, I love that that's a perfect example it's so subtle because I don't even recognize that it's happening <laughs> yeah but you're right the rant yeah the rant for sure yeah and I realized how much of my day is ranting, ranting yeah me too <laughs> okay I'm gonna work on that next this week I'm gonna be paying I'm gonna be super more alert <laughs> and that's the, the whole crux for me was then when i realized that that ranting was happening like oh that's not just the voice in my head that that's actual adversarial mm -hmm. like no no you can't do that you can't all this kind of stuff and it's like i have the power to cast that out like do it and yeah. so that you can like re-hone in on what the original prompting was and then create a game plan to make that happen and, and to act in that because if you don't cast it out then then sometimes that ranting can just start swirling and and overcoming and becoming right. the mist of darkness that just drags you down that day and so like, yeah like how many times i haven't fasted because of that cycle and i think that there's been dozens and dozens of times where i haven't and and that is internal contention within my soul. And I need to cast that out because it's super subtle. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. So if you're receiving a prompting from the Holy Spirit. And it, if the prompting's there, it's a still small voice, which means that he's near, 
and have a commandment to call upon him while he's near. Call upon my name so that you can cast out the rest. And um, like <laughs> we have so much privilege and, and <laughs> far beneath all of that. Emojis. Just yeah. don't understand the proper context, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I love how you tied that back into that scripture. Mm -hmm. is it said 60 yeah 62 62 okay beautiful um so again the the four commandments call upon me while i'm near assemble yourselves together prayer and fasting from this time forth and then teach each other the the doctrine of the kingdom so it's kind of singular plural singular plural and that process as we build zion that we have to focus on ourselves and uh, focus on our relationship one-on-one -on -one with with god and then comes the assembling and the teaching each other of principles so that we can grow and, and magnify and have that kind of synergistic approach to saving the world because <laughs> we can't just do it alone but as we we grow together um there's something else in there. Just a second. Oh, I was going to pitch this out because I've been pondering on it for a few days. And if anybody has like the, the answer right off the bat, I would love it. But if not, here's something to maybe ponder on. Um, in verse 75 and in, oh, where is it? Oh, in verse 69. 69, 75, it talks about this great and last promise and i want to know what that is like i i know it's delineated in here but it's kind of crouched in a way where it it seems like it can apply to a couple different things so i want to know like what exactly it is is this the great and last promise being like abrahamic covenant or are we talking specifically about the great and last promise of a like second comforter experience or is it even something else that i'm not even considering anyway that's just something i want to throw out there um and i haven't even is there a time stamp on this by the way is uh, it on this video that we're filming right now yeah oh it's okay if, it, if, it, if there isn't well like if i type it in chat It'll have um, 8.54, never mind. Um, at least it has the time. So 8.54, then you can kind of base okay. that. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, I thought it would do like an actual timestamp. When I download the transcript of the, the chat, it always does give a, a timestamp there. So anyway. Oh, that's helpful. Thank you. When we get that, then I'll send that to you using it for homework purposes i love it yeah. yes <laughs> well i thought about that it's like okay do i review what we talked about and you know and and covenant to do better in the areas where i'm convicted in. and i haven't been doing that enough either because i've mm. been too, too ranting so i'm gonna change that, that. <laughs> um 
So then, uh, not that we necessarily have time to go over all the trumps, but uh, verses 94 through 106 um, discuss the seven different trumps of the apocalypse. And then uh, it kind of goes into the angels right after that. But uh, coming back to those four commandments, it rehearses those in verses 117 and 118. And so I wanted to kind of pull those out and make sure that we recognize those. And I'm talking about myself, we in the plural. <laughs> um, so in 117, it says, therefore, verily I say unto you, my friends, call your solemn assembly as I have commanded you. So looking back at those first four commandments, it is number two to call the solemn assembly. And then in verse 118, it says, and as all have not faith, seek ye diligently, which is the first commandment, right? Teach one another words of wisdom, which is the fourth commandment. Yea, seek ye out of the best books, books of wisdom. Seek ye learning even by study and also by faith. And then here comes the, the third commandment. Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. Establish a house, a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, house of glory, house of order, house of God. And so I think that... Uh, you know, obviously, chiastic structure, we're looking at those four commandments and how they're reiterated here, that there is a an interesting chiastic structure to the apocalypse that he is going through with those seven trumps. But um, I find verse 118 just so intriguing that seek ye diligently and teach each other words of wisdom. And then not too long after this, they receive section 89 which is labeled the word of wisdom and what does the word of wisdom do it's a kind of a well it's physical but you know also spiritual but it's a, a physical set of laws or commandments suggestions that help us receive the mysteries the greater wisdom like the promises in the word of wisdom is that if you keep these things I will give you wisdom. And so uh, back to that same principle, teach each other words of wisdom, seek ye out of the best books, words of wisdom. And then once you've done that, once you've put in the effort, then I will give you wisdom. I, I that just hit home so much throughout all of this section 88 of you've got to put forth the effort on your own. You've got to wash your own feet and then I will wash your feet. You've got to, learn knowledge, teach each other, and then I will teach you. Like everything has to be done first on our own in order to merit him reciprocating and uh, amplifying all of it. That's very cool. Very cool. Uh, I've been preparing to be on this word of wisdom. I am taking control of my physical health big time like i'm over i've never done it my whole life hard now time but okay so kind of along that line there of the um let me hop over see if i still got it open okay so avraham's podcast on the sons of the prophets mm -hmm. i'm going to be quoting from from it so it says at the beginning, it says, 
About the time of Elijah and Elisha, we see the emergence of a cast of ascetics called the sons of the prophets. Now, looking up the word ascetics means, where's my book? A second, because I wrote the dictionary version word for word. Um, okay, so aesthetics is the practice of severe self-discipline and abstination from all forms of indulgence. And so uh, with that in mind, about the time of Elijah and Elisha, we see the emergence of a cast of aesthetics called the Sons of the Prophets. Like the latter Dead Sea sectaries in the New Testament times, like the Essenes or the Nazarites, they lived mostly apart from a corrupt society in a call-out type of condition and devoted their lives to God. Some additionally were Nazarites, persons who took vows of consecration to God and abstained from certain foods and practices. They generally married, but cultivated the gift of prophecy by seeking the tutelage of a man of God, such as Elijah or Elisha, to whom they looked as a spiritual father. The school of the prophets organized by the prophet Joseph Smith became a Latter-day extension of this phenomenon and has an important application in Isaiah's end time scenario. And so um, I find it very interesting, word of wisdom, and how that plays into the school of the prophets. I mean, yes, uh, and we'll cover this at length next week, but um, yes, there is the, the story of, you know, just cleanliness and smoke in the air and all this kind of stuff, but they had to become a people pulled apart that, um, like aesthetics, they had to practice a severe self-discipline and abstination from all forms of indulgence. And they, all of the, the do's, the don'ts, the sometimes of the word of wisdom and, and taking control of that is a little bit higher law than just the Zion Jerusalem level of the ladder. When you're moving up to the sun servant level, the health code increases and um, the power from it when you abstain from things on purpose, like fasting. I mean, fasting's on kind of the, the lower level and, and you work on up. And anyway, I, I just love the idea that I've never understood the word of wisdom like I do now. And I've always kind of like kicked against the pricks about it until I have a proper knowledge. And then I went to the Lord and then he taught me. So like I put it like the same thing that we've been talking about. I put in my own effort to actually study it and like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll read the books. And then go to the Lord, and then he taught me, okay, now this is what you do, and realizing that I want that now. I mean, it's going to be hard, you know, doing a few little adjustments in my thing, but realizing that he's been preparing me for a while now to accept this law, and I, you know, I've always just kind of, oh, yeah, the word of wisdom, don't do those things, but just kind of forget about the rest. <laughs> um it's been an interesting process and this morning just felt fully woke me up to um that because i had put forth a little bit of effort into studying and then he comes in and amplifies it and and makes it all clear kind of a thing anyway Very i don't know cool. why i went <laughs> I, you know, I, I go ahead oh, i 
I've wondered if um, President Nelson's been praying for us specifically about this. I don't know if we have had, if, is he our first non-meat eating prophet? That's an excellent question that's covered in that book. I, I have been wondering. So. so it's interesting that they point out in all the different quotes and stuff, they said, look at the word of wisdom in general, and then look at our prophets. What do they hone in on? I mean, yes, they do talk about abstinence from uh, alcoholic drinks and drugs and all that kind of stuff, but it's rare compared to meat. They said every single prophet has talked about that we need to get off of meat. Every single one. And they've talked about it extensively and they pull out lots of quotes. And I'm like, since when have they talked about meat? Like, I've just obviously just put on my blinders and ignored it all. <laughs> but, um, it, it's a huge theme. Whenever they talk about the word of wisdom, they're focused on the meat. And I remember when I was up at BYU-Idaho, um, they had present, I got just on the, the first end of Kim B. Clark that was right after Bednar. And they said, oh, it's so much easier cooking for um, Kim B. Clark because we can, we can have freedom and stuff. Elder Bednar was so strict in everything that he consumed, him and his wife. And, you know, some people asked like, well, was it because of like dietary restrictions, like health or whatever? And he's like, no, it was choice. Like they chose to be very stingy with their food and i'm like I, I don't know i always just kind of like threw it off but now i'm like holy cow like this is <laughs> yeah, look at elder renland how he's really transformed like at first i thought he was sick yeah was i thought so, a lot of those apostles got sick yeah, oh no he's got cancer he looked like you know he just looks so different mm -hmm. and then i'm like oh he's healthy but yeah he on the present lot of weight <laughs> But it has it, it kind of makes me beg the question of when President Nelson gets put in as prophet and is seeing and conversing with the Lord of like, okay, hey, what are we doing? What do we need to do? How do we amp this up? And what's his first um, priesthood session address? I mean, it's a call to arms for all of the priesthood, right? you know, deacons arise, teachers arise, like we are, this is the battle call. And when those apostles arose, when he said apostles arise, and they all just like, we got this kind of thing. I have to wonder if they are fully like immersed in school of the prophets, word of wisdom, health code, the president Nelson diet. Like, I mean, I can only imagine what they talk about in, in their meetings and stuff, you know, like yeah. president Nelson's like, okay, Suarez, time to lose those pounds. <laughs> kind yeah. of do you want to be a part of this great work? Then you've got to be full in kind of a thing. And I, I don't know. I've just reflected on that a lot this last week of. <laughs> now you've said it, Cameron. <laughs> going back for us now. <laughs> what have I done? Next week is going to be awful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's just this whole meet, this whole class has been zing, 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 zing. <laughs> I need to find a really good cookbook, okay? <laughs> That's really the, good spices. <laughs> yep. So in the Word of Wisdom, they talk and they recommend the, they talk about it extensively. They have, I think it's a whole chapter on the Daniel fast. 
and um, they recommend uh, looking at Daniel Fast cookbooks and, and things like that if you're uh, needing some jumpstart uh, ways to get into it and stuff. So I've got a whole bunch of those coming. <laughs> of course <laughs> you do. <laughs> some recipes. My, my issue is, oh, yeah. is um, carb, like carb sensitivity. I'm not diabetic, but I, I do better on the lower end than the higher end. So, so I, I, any, if anybody has any suggestions, I'm. They talk about it. There's I have good. a friend that say, she's a retired army surgeon, general family nurse practitioner type. And she has this diet and she gives recipes and they're developed. It's developed for her specialty was low blood sugar. She was working with diabetic. And I remember I did her diet a couple of years ago and it worked. You have to eat every three hours. That was the hard part. You have to wake up at six and start eating and you have to stop eating at nine. That's super hard. And mm. it's just so your cortisol levels won't spike and your hormones will stay regulated. And then it's a lower carb diet, low sugar and low fat. And then she has all these recipes and it's actually really good. But the hard part is, is when you're working <gasps> and you're like in class and teaching and stuff and you got to get your snack in. And the, so I do, I just eat in front of the kids at that point. I'm like, mm -hmm. I felt better eating twice a day only. And that, that is helping me a lot. So I don't know. If it's it's different for everybody. So on with Cassidy, she talks about how she's done different things with like, oh yes, I'm going to do this, but I, I really don't want to do a lot of carbs. And I mean, that's a specific episode that she talks about in there, but she says that when she does that, when she only applies half of the word of wisdom, she only gets half of the blessings and then it wrecks the other part that she's not doing. And she said that when she finally gave into the full word of wisdom in its entirety, because the word of wisdom is like a really high carb thing. And mm -hmm. she's like, but when you're doing every other principle, then it all works. But if you're not willing to do the entire word of wisdom and still do the high carbs, then it will wreck you. And okay. so she says, there's power in it. Just trust me. But like, take a whole look and, and perspective at the word of wisdom. And if okay. you're not experiencing the blessings or the um, if you're feeling foggy or if you're doing certain things or whatever, then go to the Lord and ask him to reveal what part of the word of wisdom you need to focus on and fix in order to have the whole thing. Like it has to be the entire formula, like to the letter, and then it all clicks. And she's like, when I finally gave in to the entire thing, that's when then it, it just, it worked. And even like, read that part and read the appendix with like, milk and dairy and eggs and, and stuff like that um how that plays into it cool yeah it it convinced me to not just go half-heartedly into it like <laughs> i would do but to like go on um, i bet there's a some rants tied around in there somewhere <laughs> so i need to get rid of those in the book does she still eat meat sparingly or zip none of it i mean she tries to go as much as she can without or whatever right but like um she pretty much does it like 
cold famine or whatever but she's like with our modern food storage the way it is there's really no need for it but she's also not going to just rule it out kind of a thing like she has some in her food storage that she can access when she needs to but as far as on a day-to-day basis it, it's zilp for for her wow is it for president nelson too do you think zip nothing yeah president nelson's full oh. vegetarian what I was wondering. I mean, like, I don't follow them around, but <laughs> from what I've heard from bodyguards and, and stories and different things, like, it's full vegetarian. He Ooh, hasn't. His recipes, okay? <laughs> no, right. So I wonder I... if when it was before they got. Mm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> it is One interesting. of the stories, isn't it in his biography? I can't remember what you do that. They talked about when he was a doctor and realizing some of these things. And when he would sit down in the cafeteria, I'm probably butchering the story, but it's just kind of vaguely coming back to me where he only eats until he's almost full and then stops, make sure that he stops ahead of that, that fullness feeling so that he doesn't indulge. And through that process that led to canceling out meats and and stuff like that, because that would, kind of tip the scale in in those things or something like that. I need to rehearse what that story is, but uh, it kind of started in the medical profession and um, quantity was his first focus that uh, mushroomed into the rest of, of what it became for him. Cool. Yeah. I, I, when they talk about the, the Daniel fast in there, <laughs> I mean, this is all for next week, but um, the Daniel fast, and looking at the patterns that are are laid out in old testament it's like huh and you know they cover all the objections well christ ate meat and and this and that and and so forth but um they they present some interesting perspectives on on all of it it's it's an interesting one i i never thought i would ever give up any of that but and, and remember, like I just told you guys that I was butchering all those chickens a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you did it for someone else. Yeah, I got it in my food storage now. Did you start it, Cameron? Have you have you started? Have I started the, the actual full-on word of wisdom? Like, yeah. kind of, but not like fully. Like, I, I've really tried to limit my my meat intake. I mean, like, I... I totally forgot about it. And at a salad bar, I added some, some ham chunks to the salad. And after I got eaten, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot. But um, like, I've tried to like, just stop all meat. Um, but as far as full on diving in everything, I'm kind of waiting for those cookbooks to arrive in the next uh, couple of days. And then I just want to like follow some of those recipes, get good at making stuff because most vegetarian things, I'm just like puke, gross. I mean, it, <laughs> I just need to learn how to prepare them well so that they're actually delicious and appetizing. So I'm I'm kind of waiting for some of those cookbooks. I've I've been can you doing... link on the cookbooks. Can you link those to next week's thing? Can you? Uh, yeah. So they're already in. Learning. They're in there. Okay. Those are the ones that I bought. And then um, looking at Gunderson's uh, interview with Sisters of Liberty, right? Uh, he talks about how he became a master herbalist and stuff. And so I went on that school's website and got their list of books and ordered as many of them as I could, because I think that there's a lot of power in weeds and herbs and foraging and, and stuff like that, because 
again, the Avraham's article and everything, that the sons of the prophets lived off of the herbs that they gathered, didn't grow anything themselves. They they lived fully on the Lord. Um, and anyway, I thought that was an interesting principle to tie into all of this. So just something funny. So my garden does produce random things that I know are, I'm like, ah, I see you. You're thinking of me. Yep. But there's, I can't remember the name of the plant, but I have to take as a supplement, psyllium husks to help my digestion and stuff. And you cannot believe how many of those little guys are out there growing this year. I'm going to take a picture of it so you guys see it. It's crazy. And they grow up these little tentacles. It's got all these little husks and, you know, you have to dry them and then stick them in a little capsule and then you just eat them and then it helps you go, you know, be regular. <laughs> There's millions of them in my garden. There used huh. to be just a few. It's amazing how it works. There's a million this year. And um, kind of a, a, along that same line, uh, well, you just really need to read Avraham's little podcasting here. But um, do that tonight. he sends some of them out to go uh, forage for some herbs. And some of them bring, they find some wild gourds. And they come back in and realize that they're wild and poisonous. And and they've already put them into this big pot of stew oh. and and then he performs a miracle and he's like, okay, we'll throw some meal into the pot and then it fixes it. And they were able to eat it. And so like the fact that there's good herbs, wild herbs, you know, poisonous herbs and stuff, they're all ordained for the use of man. And with the proper power, authority, knowledge, all of that kind of stuff, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of rock my yep. world. <laughs> Wonderful. Never Can one of those fruitcakes that ate herbs. <laughs> yeah. Can I share something, but not being recorded? Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's see. Recording, uh, which is fine. <laughs> but you anyway. know, I'm speaking of that buffalo that came to eat from Hanks. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think that buffalo willingly. Came because he knew he was needing and saving lives of these hungry people. Oh. And in them, that's why it says in times of famine and and stuff that it's okay. But, but those all those that we killed through the years is like huh. they're yeah. not gonna be happy with us. Yeah. Anyway. We're preparing our heads for next week so it's not so heavy and shocking. Okay. Yeah, you told us a couple weeks ago, oh, wait till we do the word of wisdom. And that's not even what I was thinking about. Uh, oh, I thought that's what it was. No, that <laughs> just hit me this last week of like, oh my gosh. I, I thought I knew what the Lord was doing when he instructed me to, to have that lesson on the word of wisdom. Nope blindsided me 180 degrees i i was like oh there's that part too thanks <laughs> yeah i i was going on totally different wavelength there ah, fun <laughs> well any other comments and thoughts on um 
Section 88 or anything in general? Just everywhere I turn, the school of the prophets is in all of the scriptures I'm reading. I actually infused it into my primary class this morning. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about miracles and I prepared my class to see and get ready for major miracles. And they got so excited. I, there were 10 of them. And I thought, oh dear, what am I doing? But I did it and, and it was received very well. Uh -huh. It was awesome. Because like you said the previous weeks or whatever, that they're putting in the effort and studying their scriptures. They are, they're studying. So they're starting to receive those things in, in greater mm -hmm. way. Awesome. But yeah, every time that I talk about, you know, because I, I freely talk about book clubs. Oh, what are you doing on the Sunday night or whatever? Oh, I'm just studying lectures on Faith School of the Prophets with a bunch of nerds. And everybody's like, it's amazing how many people, how many members, you know, various age groups are like, what's the lectures on Faith or what's School of the Prophets? Like they've never even heard of it before, some of them. And some of them that have heard of it are like, are we supposed to study that? I thought that that was not like it was decanonized, like it was taken out of the scriptures. Aren't we supposed to not go there anymore? And I was like, oh my gosh, you really should come and like, participate with it because like lectures on faith school, the prophets, like this is awesome stuff. And it literally has been coming out of the word work. Everything that we're studying, it, it, it comes into it somehow. Even the wording is just, <gasps> yeah from our memorization. And also I was led to lectures on faith in 2020. It was in a podcast through the Book of Mormon. No, maybe it was, it was in the Doctrine and Covenants. So it was last year mm -hmm. and I tried to read them and I just was like, I wasn't ready. Cause I was just like this scripture that I didn't know what meant and it had no meaning, but the Lord was trying to get me to do it. And I'm like, ah, you've been trying to get me uh -huh. to do this. And so thank you so much, Cameron, for helping us. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's not me. It's just the Lord led it in so many different ways. And the timing of it's all is yeah. doing. Holy cow. You're doing it for us too. Finding all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, if you guys find anything during the week, make sure to, to post it on the site and or email it to me and I can post it on there, whatever. Um, because there's there's just so much. Um so homework for next week is basically just section 89. But if you want to do extracurricular, uh read this book or I've got the audio on there and also Alicia's um PDF on it's called Wisdom in His Words. Um and that's also linked in in there as well. But that one is let's see. It's 64 pages, but I mean, there's wide margins and I mean, it's not that big of a, a thing to read. Okay. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. It's going to be a ride. <laughs> it <right>. is. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you.